0: Hi, this is David Vincent, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the Wiley Independent School District, and I'm joined by my co-host,
1: Amanda Martin. Hi, I am the director of counseling services in the Wiley Way, and welcome to the Achieving Kids podcast. This is a conversation featuring experts and subjects related to raising happy, successful children in today's world.
0: On each broadcast, parent guests will join in and provide their perspective on current trends and issues our kids face in school, society, and at home.
1: Our goal is to provide a better understanding of how the decisions we make help promote the best interests of our kids and community.
0: We will tackle big subjects, entertain different viewpoints, but the focus will always be on equipping you with the strategies that will help them become Achieving Kids. Welcome everybody, this is David Vinson, the superintendent of Wiley Independent School District, and I am here with some actual not moms today.
1: We're with some (laughs)
0: kids that are some of our best kids in the school district, and when we say the best, you ask a principal, who would you say could come and talk to a podcast of superintendents? They're not going to send you the kids that might have had a struggle or might have had an issue, but they're also going to send you the people that are going to have really strong and really good opinions, lead the way and do a lot of different things that help us kind of learn and grow and are the examples. And so I wanna say these two kids are definitely that. So Amanda, you know, it might be really good for us to just go around, introduce ourselves and then we'll t- introduce our topic.
1: Great, um, Caroline, we'll start with you. Yes, my name
2: is Caroline Camp and I go to Wiley East High School, I'm a junior.
0: And Caroline is the last of the Clay camps.
2: Mm-hmm. I have three older sisters.
0: And the they're awesome, and all of them are completely different, but mm-hmm. incredibly awesome. Uh,
3: my name is Easton Kerr, and I'm a senior at Wiley High School.
0: And he is the last of my Eastons, and I called him uh, the, <laughs> the wrong Easton a little bit ago because there was an Easton Orr and there's the Easton Kerr. You're the they said the best for last, though, right?
3: Yeah, they did.
0: And not because you need it, but we have someone from Homeland Security to hear and monitor you guys and talk to you a little bit about. Andy, you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. Uh,
4: my name's Andy Peters. I'm a special agent with uh, Homeland Security Investigations here in Dallas. Um, I run our child exploitation slash cyber forensics group here. Uh, mainly our, uh, our focus is on um, the rescue of children, the uh, prevention of um, uh, the harm through social media for those kids, and um, investigating those folks that are, are out there to. Uh, do harm to the children.
0: And so why I invited you guys here today is I thought it would be so interesting and beneficial to have actual students that live this. Moms are listening, but you're going to tell us a little bit about how this stuff works in terms of your end of the stick. And then Andy's going to tell us a little bit about where he comes from, because this was all born from the FBI coming and talking to Homeland Security, coming and talking to a group of superintendents, and she, and, and she was actually discussing and describing really disturbing incident because you know when you think about issues you think about kids that might be showing some risky behavior might be doing some things that well I can see them having that situation the kids that she was talking that were exploited weren't I mean it's my daughter who's a freshman that could have just as easily have been my Kate as it could have been someone who Uh, As a frequent flyer in the office, you know? So when we talk about what we talk about, I think it's going to be interesting for you to kind of describe and help us to understand it because what this situation was, and they described is a predator online said, I love your picture. You are so pretty on Instagram. And you know, that's, I mean, no one ever tells me I'm pretty. (laughs) Don't want to, that would be a red flag. But when you see that, say that, send me a picture. A picture comes in. You are so pretty. Send me another picture. Could you do this or that? Brings them into the fold a little bit more. And eventually saying, you know what? That's a pretty suggestive picture. I think I might just send that to everybody else if you don't send me that picture. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And then, guys, I want to have a little bit of opportunity for interaction. And then, Amanda, from a counseling standpoint and a mama standpoint, what are we doing to try to help? How can we help?
4: Well, I think it's important to uh, to realize that that's not something that you know everybody says it doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen in Wiley or Keller or wherever it may be, but most of the perpetrators are not here in Wiley or Keller. But the victims are going to be here, and that's how it's going to start. And it's going to start for the simple, for the purpose of what we're talking about on the pictures. It's just a. An innocent thing that may go from, you know, me to—well, not me, but from the child to their uh, their boyfriend or their girlfriend, whether it's, I'm going to show them a little skin or take a little picture. Uh, and that person is—you know, you never know what's going to happen to that phone. You never know what that other person going to do with that. You trust that person, but, you know, kids— they break up things happen that picture goes somewhere else and that's just a local issue for the school or for for the police department and for the parents but it's all about making good decisions on that now on the other side is when you have somebody online that this child meets and it's you know through any kind of app that it could be uh and they start with just the you know, how are you doing, uh, let's be friends, let's chat. Uh, and then they get into grooming behavior and then sooner or later they send a picture of this person. Maybe an innocent picture, just a you know, a face shot or something like that, but the relationship develops a little more than that and, and sooner or later they're gonna send an inappropriate picture of that person. That person is never the person that they think that person is. When that person exchanges another picture back, that's a stock photo usually that, that person has from somebody else he's victimized. And so now you're trading a picture that he's got from another student that could be in New Jersey to a student here in Wiley uh, and he's collecting more pictures and he's got more victims than just you and the other person. It's always, uh, when we go and arrest these folks, they have 40 or 50 victims and then we have to reach out to those offices around the country so then we go talk to those parents to make sure that they realize what's going on and they interview it's it's always the case when the person is is out there he's not just collecting from one person he's collecting for his own stash of child pornography but then he's trading that off elsewhere to get more pictures from others uh so it's always uh, and it's the kids think well this is a gorgeous girl that's you talking to me and and uh she likes me and i'm you know been groomed now Uh, They don't realize that, and so they start sending pictures. I I always tell when I interview the kids, no girl wants to see that picture. So if some girl that you think is asking you for a picture, it's not a girl. It's going to be some guy, and it could be in another country. It could be in New Jersey. It could be New York. Wherever that that picture is coming from, it's not who you think it is, Uh, and they've got to realize that. And that's where the parents have to have a really good conversation with the kids before that happens. And if it does happen, then the kids got to be able to come to the parents.
0: Andy, can you give me the profile of what the age, you know, demeanor of a kid that is the most vulnerable?
4: I would say the most vulnerable. Age really doesn't matter so much as because uh, we've worked cases just like that from 11 years old to 16 years old uh, where a child, 11, where... You know, once they send that first picture, then the guy has got them where he's gonna get them to do other things because that child is really scared to go talk to anybody. They think they're the ones that have made the mistake. Uh, they think they're the one that's gonna be at fault. They think they're gonna get in trouble. So when he, you know, the 11-year-old child sends a, a picture of themselves without a shirt on and that person says, well, now I'm gonna post this everywhere and your parents are gonna see it and your friends are gonna see it unless you go um, dance in the shower for me and videotape yourself. And we've had that case in specifically. So. Now the child is doing that, and they don't know when it's going to stop. And you know, unfortunately, it gets to the point where that child, you know, there's self harm issues, there's depression, there's um, they can't talk to their friends, they can't talk to their parents. Uh, and parents got to realize that something's going on. When and they, you know, the basic thing I tell people is make sure you keep those lines of communication open. You can start very early with um, who are you talking to online? Let's look at your profile. Let's check your settings. Let's make sure. You know, everything that you have on there is appropriate. Uh, if it's an 11-year-old child with a phone, make sure that parent knows what apps are on that phone. Make sure they know what that app does, um, what the platform can do, um, that kind of thing.
0: So answer me this question, and I'll I'll let all y'all ask the rest of them because I want y'all to have the chance to do this. Is there a s- social media platform that is more prevalent where this happens than others? Um.
4: I would say that there are, you know, there are there are apps, uh, Snapchat. You know, Kick is is more for younger kids. It's not so much. There's Live Me, Meet Me.
0: No, wait a minute. What's Kick? Because I have not heard of Kick.
2: It's like a messaging app, um, kind of like text text messages, but you only need Wi-Fi. You don't need actual service.
0: Somebody kicks you. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah.
2: like K-I-K.
3: <laughs> it was all the rage back then.
2: Back, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't even know. So, but the point is. Would you say that? But there's not. I've always said Snapchat was the one that was the typically most kids use. Is that the one where?
4: Not so much anymore. Uh, I mean, you. There's adults that use Snapchat that or WhatsApp more than, than kids would. Um, you know, there's there's. I don't wanna say better things out there, but there's more things that uh, you know kids use to to live feed to video them uh, like Meet Me, uh, Live Me, um, Facebook Messenger. There's a lot of most most of the older kids seem to use Facebook. More than uh, younger kids don't have Facebook accounts as much. Uh, we haven't seen a, lot, a whole lot of 11, 12 year twelve-year-old kids that are getting caught on Facebook doing yeah, silly Yeah, I mean,
0: that's in the mom crowd. I mean, that's where I give a lot of my information because that's where they're at. Where, what do y'all? What social media platforms do y'all use?
2: I'm mostly on Twitter or Snapchat, but I have Instagram too.
3: Yeah, I've started using Snapchat less just because it's so hard to use now. <laughs> but um, probably, probably Twitter or Instagram. Yeah.
4: And I would say those are, are and I'm not here to, to say what's bad platform no, to no, use, I'm not, I'm not, but, but those are fine platforms. Um, you can go online and you can actually check and, and get gradings from certain parent websites that will grade the, web, the, the, the application or the website. Facebook and Twitter or uh, Snapchat as well. I mean, it's just a matter of how you use it and, and what you do with the application. Uh, but it's also a matter of who's out there that has access to your information and who out there is connecting with you as well.
0: Well, I'm just asking that from the parents' perspective, because I didn't know what kick was. Maybe they do, um, and y'all do, but it gives us an opportunity to check, know, and maybe sift through some of the things that they might or might not have. So guys, before I start asking 25 more questions, comments questions what do y'all think
2: so i know on um snapchat because that's kind of common um with people my age nowadays um anyone can just find your snapchat username and then just snapchat you anything um but then you're able to block them after that and just um add them like you don't even have to add them have them added, though. Um, So I've had people, um, I know on my Snapchat, just send me links to things. But my mom's always told me don't open those links because you can get like bugs and stuff on your phone and stuff like that. So I haven't. But I know that those can lead to other sites that you shouldn't be on. But anyone can send you those and on Instagram unless you have your account on private But then only people that you like talk to say here's my username can find it Um, Then people can just randomly comment on any one of your um, photos. They can just message you on Instagram They can do any of that. So there's lots of ways for people to contact you on all the sites
3: Um, So obviously um, this is definitely an an, like and a legal problem that is raging across the country. Um, is there any correlation between, you know, these apps like Snapchat and Kick and, you know, the government? Like is there any like legal issues between that? Like do y'all have any say about how they're able to, you know, make this free world for kids?
4: Not so much as far as, as that goes. I mean it's a you know business for all. Uh, we do monitor as best we can, what's posted on those. But we rely a lot on the companies and the community and the, the folks that are victimized to, to bring that. Uh, and they can, you know, contact their local law enforcement, talk to an adult, go to a cybertipline.org. And those, you know, they put those tips out there. And I saw this picture. The, the majority of the companies that make legitimate apps are very um, good at getting that picture or that, Message off of their system, off of their platform, because they—it's uh, illegal. You know, they can't have right. child pornography on their their platform. So if they are notified of it, or if they
3: discover it on their own, they'll remove that. Okay. So when you send a Snapchat, does it really go away after that thirty seconds, or is it stored in the system for, you know, a long time? Nothing. It, that's a tricky question because nothing ever goes away because anybody can
4: capture that image, and once they capture that image, then they have that image, and then they can take that. Okay. So.
3: Gotcha.
1: So we are talking a lot about social media things, and um, you had mentioned that y'all give presentations to PTAs and schools about how to keep kids safe online. What are some of the tips that you give families or students of what they should be on the lookout for? What do y'all tell them to to help keep them safe?
4: For um, parents of a, of a younger child, say, you know, grade school, um, i know a lot of parents give their kids phones to keep them safe and that's fine mm-hmm. uh um, you know it's just you have to realize that uh using a mobile device there's location services on that so you take pictures and, and send it to their friends everybody's going to know where that picture was taken that kind of thing um it's very important for them to get involved because i know i have a, a young son who likes to play games uh and you know what the game may be it's important to know what the game is um even i you know sometimes he you know is picking a game that all his friends are playing, ah, and all his friends are playing, it must be good, and then you realize that's not really that good of a game, and you need to make sure that a lot of these games, you can have conversations with other people online during the games. So make sure that you know you as a parent know who his friends are on the game, and you can have settings on the game to let, you know, who's going to be able to contact your son, and who can, whether it be through voice or, uh, you know, just through play, where they can come on. Um, because you don't want somebody randomly coming on, and we've had lots of cases through you know certain game plays that we've you know, develop because at some point you can chat and some point they're going to try and get you on to go to a different platform. You know, once you friend them on, you know, Roblox or whatever the game may be, then like, hey, do you have a Kick account or do you have, you know, Snapchat or whatever it may be? And they'll try and get you to switch over, that kind of thing. So it's important that, you know, as a young child, that you know what they're playing and engage them. If they've got a nice game that they play and they want you to play, I also tell parents, you know, You don't have to play all the time with them, but sit down with them and and play the game with them. See what it's like, because once they see that you're interested in something they want, maybe they're going to be able to communicate more with you and and the interest. And they know that, you know, my parents care about what I'm doing here. Um, If they play for, you know, five hours a day, you might set some limits on that. But, you know, that's his or her choice. Um, But it's important that you sit up there and know exactly what they're doing. Um, I always tell them, try and keep the game that they're playing to where everybody can see it. You know, If they're going to get on the Internet or like the, your Kindle or whatever it may be, uh, make sure it's in the living room or wherever you're at so you can know exactly what's going on.
0: We're talking about social media, high school kids, and we want to make sure that predators stay outside their social framework so they can feel safe in what they're doing and how they're doing it. One of the things I'd like to ask you guys is, are there certain things that high school kids worry about as far as that, or are high school kids just – pretty much not worried and think it's all gonna be okay. What what would be your answer to that? And I don't wanna talk about particular people, but is there an example y'all could provide that would say, this is a typical situation where they probably should or shouldn't be in that?
2: I know um, I'm kind of have the benefit of the doubt when um, I meet new people. And so when anybody would um, message me and I like, they look like they're a normal person or something and say hey I know you did you go to this school I would just reply and say yeah I did thank you but I wouldn't get in a real conversation with them you know what I mean but I would let them follow me and but so they could still see all my stuff but I wouldn't particularly know them but they like made me think I did I don't know but that was when I had my account um open
0: so are most kids like you
2: I I think so. I don't know many kids that are just going to be like, no, I can't talk to anyone. I don't recognize their name or, you know what I mean? Well,
0: yeah. I mean, and that's my assumption is always this, that kids are going to make great decisions. And I trust y'all. And y'all really are. And we've got the, and it's, maybe it's just Wiley. I I don't know. But our kids are great. I mean, we, everybody can be a hillbilly every once in a while (laughs) and make a really poor choice. But for the most part, our kids do what they're supposed to do. So what would you say?
3: Um, Well, okay, so on this the sexual predator side of things I think a lot of high schoolers are really oblivious to that Um, Probably because they're like, oh, I've reached a certain social consciousness where I'm not gonna let that happen But I think a lot of what happens is like they're afraid that these pictures that they take are gonna get like leaked on social media and the whole school is gonna see them, you know, and um, and through that these sexual predators can easily get their hands on them because they're on social media, you know, and um, I think there's there's been at least three or four cases of that at um, my school a couple times, and um, it just it pains me to see that happen to people because I know that that was not intended at all. So, and like a question for me was like, how do you get out of that? Like, I, I would feel like my whole world is like collapsing around me because I've seen it happen to other people. What would you say like the steps are to try to get yourself out of that position?
0: Actually, you know you might be, you're a counselor. I mean, you know, you, you talk about this stuff all the time from the perspective, Amanda, of what the next and best steps are because it is a pretty- It's a big deal, situation. yeah, it's
3: awful.
1: Well, I mean, at the local school level, I mean, any time a student is in trouble, whatever varying degree of trouble they are in, emotionally turmoil, all those kinds of things, um, we always want to make sure that they have someone safe at school that they can talk to. Especially if it's like what you're saying when a lot of people know about it, that's an overwhelming feeling, even as an adult. I mean, if something happened at work to me, I would feel uncomfortable coming here if I didn't know I was safe or things like that. Um, but also making sure that you have a, a close friend or a, a someone that you can trust at home, someone that you can talk to. Um, it feels like every podcast we've had, our guest has said, the open lines of communication at home. Like that's then I don't care what the topic has been. They have said, make sure you are able to talk to your kids. And for for y'all, I mean, I, I remember being in high school, I didn't tell my parents half the things that happened and they weren't even that bad of things that happened. I just didn't tell them. Right, right. So, I mean, I think it's interesting to hear it over and over and over again about how, and maybe you can remember this growing up someday and having your own kids about how to continually keep the lines of communication open. And like you just mentioned, like playing the games with them, like doing that, like interacting with them and maybe not giving your parents such a hard time when they're asking you (laughs) what was going on in your day and things like that. But to get yourself out of a situation at at, at school or, or locally, um, definitely having that, that moment where you're brave enough to, to tell someone that you're in trouble because here where, where we are, people are here to help. And so um, Dr. Vinson heres I don't know, I feel like weekly, some terrible thing happening to a kid and they respond to it. And nobody's up here talking bad about that student or that family. It's all focused on getting them help.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get an email every once in a while. Most of it's going to be on social media from a message saying, I'm worried about this. You know what? A lot of times it's nothing. Parents are worried. And you know what? I put my, you know, y'all are my kids too. And I put myself in that spot and we do as much as we can. And you know, your principals love you. And you're, you're mentioning something that is really important because those people come and I worry about the people who don't, because, you know, have y'all ever cooked this up in your head, especially like at night when you have seen those people make a poor choice. And then they're putting in something in their head that's not even reality about what's going to happen. That's how, what happens, doesn't it? I mean, do you see that happening, Andy? When you No, I,
4: it, a lot of kids make it more than it is in some situations, um, but you're exactly right about, um, the. I think one of the most important things besides going to a counselor or a teacher is your friends have got to be able to support you. You Your friends can't forward the messages on. Your friends have got to be able to say, you know, it happens to other people too. So um, they've got to be your champion as well, and that's how it's going to stop. Right.
0: You know, y'all are some of the more mature kids, probably the most mature kids in in your schools. And that's why you're chosen because this is a very mature topic. I wouldn't just have someone who might not be that way here. Um, So put your mind in that spot of that person who might be a little bit less mature and a little bit more uh, risky in terms of what he does. She does. Then I go back to how would a younger child know when it goes from like harmless to a potential threat? Is there anything that we can do Andy that, would help us to help them know. I mean, because is it staff development? Is it training? What can we do to help those kids know? Uh,
4: the most important thing is is one is is the parents have got to learn what the uh, the red flags are for the kids, and that can come through you know the teachers talking to them. That can come from presentations from law enforcement, but it's something that uh, that they can turn to their kids. Um, we do presentations from grade school to tweens to teens to parents, so that each one is geared differently, so they'll know. You know, as a young child, hey, if somebody comes on and asks me a question, that's kind of inappropriate. I need to tell my mom. Or if, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, it's not right. Um, that's what we tell kids. Um, for older kids, you know, when they're a senior, you know enough to, you know, you're going to do what you want to do. Juniors even, too. Uh, the only thing I tell juniors and seniors is don't make bad choices that you're going to put on your Facebook account to where employers later on are going to go back and look and say, well maybe that's not the best person we want to hire because he's, you know, they mm-hmm. can colleges too. Yeah. And colleges as well. You might lose a scholarship yeah. for doing something stupid on uh, that coast. But
0: is there a circumstance or, or a case that, that sticks out in your mind that is, that is significant enough for us to share with someone or share with these guys that we'll share with our broader audience that could help them understand the gravity of this stuff. I mean, when you're thinking about this, do you go back to a particular case that is uh particularly worse than others or where maybe there's a situation where we found out because someone did report
4: um, we the majority of our cases that we work that would affect the kids are going to be what we've talked about it's going to be the the sex torsion that leads to cyberbullying that leads to um, you know that child taking their life and we've had a case like that um, because you have so many victims from we've had one guy that victimized almost 200 individuals. Two hundred children, two hundred adults too, uh, and keeps those pictures and sends those pictures. One perpetrator can have young children, girls, boys, older, you know, kids, boys, girls, and they have victims ranging from the United States to New Zealand to England, and. That person, once they're caught, then you've got to go out and and track down all these victims because you don't know what's happened to them. Uh, they may not have told anybody. And we had a case where there was 200 victims, and they were all across the United States and all across the world, uh, where one person was just getting and collecting images um, and using those images to get other images. And he was not a 17-year-old beautiful student or a you know 18-year-old boy with washboard abs, you know that kind of thing. Because they that's the pictures they're sending back to the kids.
0: <laughs> From a mockery standpoint.
1: So if a family, if, if, if the kid reports to the family, something weird is going on or this is what I've been doing, what's the next step for the family? What, are they, what should they do?
4: if they if they think it's going to be something illegal if something got out there a picture or something like that you've got to go to law enforcement okay um if you don't want to go to law enforcement you can get online and go to cybertipline.org and they will in turn contact law enforcement for you uh and then somebody will come out and talk to them uh, the kids will get interviewed because it's important for us to to talk to the child uh because they're the victim and you have certain you know a whole other topic there's victims rights that you'll you know, counseling and stuff like that can be offered for the child and everything. Um, but it's important that the, that the child has the ability to go to the parent. I mean, that's the one thing I say, it's the toughest thing for that kid to do. Uh, and through every interview we've done, that's the hardest thing is to go to their parent or go to their teacher, but they need to have somebody that they can trust. Uh, and if they go to a friend, that friend has got to talk to somebody. You know, the secrets are bad because that's one of the things they're gonna to say to the kid online, this will be our secret, you know, don't tell anybody. Um,
1: try to tell the little kids here, um, surprises are good, because you're gonna find out whatever the surprise is, but a secret, that's not a good word to use. That means no one can ever know. There shouldn't be hardly anything no one could ever know.
0: Guys, is there a way that would be better than others to help counsel high school kids, junior high kids, to report this stuff? I mean, is there a way that we as adults as nerdy as we might be to do it. I mean, cause we don't want to make, we don't want to make you mad. We don't want you to hate us. We want you to like us, but we also want to be the parents or guardians for you.
2: I think you just have to have that one-to-one relationship with a student. So um, I'm really close with my mom, and I tell her everything, which is um, not like most high school students, but I tell her literally everything that goes on in my entire day because I like to talk, too. (laughs) um, But I think there's some students that don't have that relationship with their parents or even a teacher. So um, I think just noticing that, like an adult noticing that and um, taking action and trying to get to know them and um, trying to open them up and talk to them, maybe they could just have someone to talk to about these kind of situations.
4: And yeah. You bring up a good point. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Notice your, the behavior changes in your child. Like if you communicate with your child all the time and you notice something different, uh, they don't, they used to play on the game all the time, but now they don't want to play the game anymore. Uh, they used to be on the phone all the time, but now they don't want to text anymore. Notice some changes and then approach your child.
3: Um, I was, I was actually thinking about that. Like, um, how do we implement like awareness of sexting like in schools because we did have that sexting that assembly help? a lot of kids saw it as kind of a joke and um i was just like come on this is this is like a serious thing um but i think that helps like it was good i actually didn't know like half of the stuff that was in the presentation now really? i do know Seriously? yeah I like either. like all the the uh, offenses and fines that you can get and stuff—that was crazy. But um, fear is
0: a good motivator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: it is. And I, I looked around; some of the kids were just like yeah. wide-eyed, yeah. but other kids were kind of joking about it. But I think some a way we could implement it would be like—I um, I know I'm a part of leadership at Wiley High—and like getting my uh my student council members like on board with some of the sexting things and like implementing that like in their friend groups and um you know posters and stuff like I think that would help a lot because if you have the kids excited about it and like aware about it that's a different thing than having the staff telling you um about it um but yeah so I think I think that'd be awesome
0: so now let me ask you this guys can you bring up another point and one of the things we do with Wally Way is we always say that we want One of y'all to have at least one positive relationship with an adult at at campus. Now, I will ask y'all on the spot do y'all have that one adult that you would go to if you had an issue? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I see y'all smile (laughs) and y'all can ask me, who is it? Miss Anderson. So, Miss Anderson, uh, you feel like if you had an issue or a problem, you could go to her.
3: Oh, yeah, easily.
0: Miss Taylor. And have you i mean not that not the bad stuff but i mean have you if you've had an issue do you go to her and the, or them and bounce yeah. ideas or things off of them mm-hmm. i
2: tell her everything everything <laughs> that goes on
0: so y'all are again leaders and the best kids in the school but if there's kids who have challenges is there a way that school that we can do it where it's a little bit less lame and a little bit more effective about how we get the kids to be that person that could do what they're going to do i mean to, to report to someone How do we, how do we reach them? Mm. (laughs) That's a hard one. That is a hard (laughs) one. And I'm telling you, so it's, it's only 20% of the public. And so this is really kind of what I want to end up on, Danny. And and if you have some other thoughts or closing thoughts, I want to know, because to me, it's all awareness is big. And I think that we're moms are going to listen to this. Dads are going to listen to this. And I think that they're going to go and check their kids' phones. And I know. I mean, I don't, I, I I should be checking my kid's phone, I guess. I, I don't. But, you know, um, the thing is, is it is good to kind of check up and see if everything's okay. But ha- so you, so you're sort of still thinking, right? I'm trying to give you appropriate wait time. I mean.
2: I think it's just the relationship you have to have. And. I think just getting to know the students that don't talk in your class, having them stay after school, or um, even just stay after class to say, hey, I enjoyed you being here today, or just creating that relationship to get them to talk to you and feel free to talk to you.
3: Right, like a big thing about Miss Anderson is that she has, she tries to reach, you know, every single student during the class time, like all, all in, uh, involving all the students um, and what they're talking about. It's just English, but if you're having the kids talk like that don't usually talk, like, you're getting to know them, you know, subconsciously. And so, like, all the kids I know love Miss Anderson, just because they, like they felt like they're something in the class, which is pretty awesome.
0: Well, I know the two teachers you're talking to, but I do love them. Andy, give us some parting thoughts. What do you think would be the most important thing that a mom, a dad, a kid could come away with, with this, and how can we help them to, to learn and grow, and then keep them safe?
4: Uh, for the parents, I would say educate yourselves on uh, what's out there. Uh, know what the apps are. Uh, know how they work. Um, not just what your kids are using, but you because know, things change all the time. Things evolve. There's new apps. There's new platforms. So educate yourself. Make sure you keep up to date. I know. People like, wow, I don't even have a MySpace account anymore. So, but know these things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's going to come back because nobody's using it, right? Is it, is it dead? Is it even existing more?
4: I've
2: never even seen MySpace.
4: <laughs> so. so just keep up to date on things and make sure, just take a few minutes a day to, to search something or on the weekend, you know, if your kid brings up something, make sure you take the time to, to educate yourself on what it is. Just don't be oblivious thinking, well, I'm not going to have to worry about that because sooner or later, you know, it may not be you. It may be a friend of yours that has that problem. Maybe one of your friends, uh, your son's friends, or your daughter's friends. And for the kids, just make sure um, before you send something, you take a second to say, you know, how would I feel if my parents saw this, or my coaches, or my teachers? Uh, and then that'll give you the second chance to say, oh, okay, well, I'll send it, or I won't send it. Uh, or my friends, would they think less of me if I sent this out? Um, because, you know, your reputation is what you have.
0: It's easily lost, isn't it? Amanda?
1: Um, and I would say that probably if you've never met the person in person, then you really don't ever need to send them a picture of any sort, I would think.
0: I agree. That okay. might be a standard maybe we could look at East yeah, and I mean, High and talk about and say, never send a picture to someone you don't know. No one requests a picture of me in any certain certain situations, as far as you know. I'm (laughs) a beautiful man, but (laughs) but nobody gets that. But the point that I want to make with all this is, is that we love and we care for you guys, and we want to find a way to grow, and make a connection. I'm as a school district, from a school board to moms and dads and teachers and you know uh, Taylor and Anderson, all of us. We want to help y'all, so maybe we can find a way to bridge this gap. I know this isn't our last conversation because Andy, it would be good if we could, because when your title with homeland security is it really you know it brings a little bit of a punch in and in, in a good way and I think parents might see that as an opportunity right would it be cool would they uh, would, would our kids like to or would because we brought attorneys in for the sexting right, right. stuff so would homeland security bring a bit, <laughs> yeah. a little bit better swagger. <laughs> Can, can you wear, like, like a, a really cool outfit and some Kevlar and <laughs> oh, stuff? I will drive up in the m wrap. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Only wear sunglasses.
0: Don't take them yeah. off during the presentation. I've always wanted a, a, a superintendent badge. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. And moms, dads, if you have an issue, we want to know. Talk to your kids. Take that time. The most precious gift you can give is that gift of time. And if there's questions, ideas concerns you have the email on the website David David. vincent we are here and uh, we want to make sure that we we take care of your kids the Wiley way